0: Hi, I'm Maria Harris of Fellow Sewers on Social Media. Welcome back to Sew so Over 50 Podcast on Sew so Organised Style. Stay listening. Sew so Organised Style Podcast acknowledges traditional owners of country throughout Australia. We pay our respects to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander cultures and to the elders past, present and emerging. Thanks for joining us on Sew Over 50 podcast as we continue with this series featuring the men in the Sew Over 50 community. Sew Over 50 intersects with all communities. Simon is today's guest. Now, he is a new sewist and he counters the saying, you can't teach an old dog new tricks. You'll find Simon on Instagram at made by silver fox and he's going to share his sewing perspective with us today. Thanks for being our Sober 50 guest today, Simon. How are you?
1: I'm feeling very good with the start of summer. Um, Definitely a summer person uh, and yeah, looking forward to getting out and getting a tan.
0: After being in lockdown for so many months, it's nice Mm. to be able to have that freedom again.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: Made by Silver Fox, how did you develop that online name?
1: I was new to Instagram, so I had never used Instagram before and... The girls bounced around ideas for names. They said, oh, you've got to come up with something really fun, Dad. It can't be just any old name. It should be fun. They came up with Silver Fox, and I say, part of my local cycling club, the older riders often get grouped together. And the coach does call us the Silver Foxes as well. So there was a nice synergy between that. And having grey hair, there was an obvious connection there.
0: What sort of cycling do you do?
1: I'm track cyclist. I ride around a velodrome and that means that my races are over really short. So my shortest ones are 200 metres and a really, really long ride is 10 kilometres. Completely different to most cyclists that you find that get up early in the morning. Yeah. Much more of a sprinter.
0: So you don't have to worry about cars coming up beside of you because you're in a velodrome.
1: Correct. Yeah. So over lockdown, thankfully, I had a velodrome that was just around the corner. So within my 5Ks. So put the earbuds in and just rolled around for the velodrome for an hour or so and listened to podcasts, listened to music. And yeah, it was a nice way of taking in the day. And Mm. the only downside is, is when it rains, there's no training.
0: So what made you start sewing?
1: I wanted to try something new. Definitely there was that new aspect. And um, we had an old, large market umbrella that was breaking. And I hand sewed it back together again and realized that the fabric was just deteriorating over time. And we went off, looked at the price of an umbrella and they're not cheap. So I looked at how it was put together and I thought, well, that's pretty simple. I, I think I could do that but I don't really know how to do it. So I enrolled in an RMIT training course, 12 weeks for one night a week sort of thing. That was the impetus. But um, certainly once I got started, I didn't think I'd be making my own clothes, but being able to make some new shirts, that was definitely a benefit without the expensive cost of clothes.
0: So you've gone from sewing an umbrella to sewing clothes now.
1: And I haven't even made the umbrella yet. <laughs> <laughs> because we were in lockdown, we didn't need it last year. Yeah. My hand sewing was enough to get the umbrella through that summer, but it definitely deteriorated before this one. Yeah, I get the, um, get the fabric at the end of this week and uh, need to make it for Christmas time.
0: Ah, so now you've got a deadline.
1: I do have a deadline, yes, yeah. Much easier to work to deadlines than... I sometimes leave things on the side and have multiple projects going and come back to them.
0: Okay. You learned how to sew by going to an RMIT course.
1: Yeah, which was really good, actually. It was a group of about 10 people or so. Most were new sewers. And we got about halfway through. So we made a little skirt for my daughter that had a zip in it. So that's the only one thing I've made with a zip. and. COVID happened, and lockdown happened, and essentially the course cancelled. So from there, I've just really learned self-taught, reading instructions. I'm big on instructions, on well-written instructions. And I think it's sort of like a recipe where you've got to read the whole instructions first and then go back onto the details. Because I got caught a lot at the start where I, I would look at an instruction and It was just mind-blowing. I just didn't understand what was needed, what was the next step. And so I'd make things and then I'd have to unpick them because I'd sewn them the wrong way. I think everyone's done that, cut the wrong piece out of the wrong area and or cut it the wrong direction and put it together and gone, well, what does that look like?
0: (laughs) And I can tell you it continues on throughout the whole of your sewing career.
1: Oh, yeah, I've certainly found, <laughs> I've certainly found that that yeah, two years' experience is not enough to not enough to stop making rookie mistakes. Certainly.
0: Now that you've started sewing, has finding patterns in the styles that you want to wear been a challenge?
1: I have one pattern which I have done to death, which I cut out little pieces of fabric of patterns of the fabric that I use, and I put that into the pattern envelope. And so I've looked back on a couple of my big brand ones and I realized I've made 10 shirts out of the one quick soap. But I think, yeah, shirts are interesting. I think because I was, when I started sewing, I was a little bit on the larger side. And so I went for the more looser fitting clothes. So I steered away from the more fitted clothing. It's interesting. I think you see patterns for things that you don't want. And you don't see patterns for things that you do want. So you see lots of those ones that you don't want. So I saw lots of things for really fitted and athletic bodies and yeah, not so many for my size and my shape. So I was stuck with the ones that work. I've struggled to find a men's bomber jacket. That's a one piece that I, I've been looking for. And I find maybe it's just that newness to sewing that I can't look at it and say, oh, that just turns around into this. Unless it has the furry collar on the image, I just bypass it.
0: So when you're looking at a pattern, yep. do you look at the graphic or do you look at the line drawing when you make your decision?
1: Probably the graphic. Yep. Yeah, because the line drawing still doesn't ring in my mind that well. Okay. I do use the line drawing to see how many pieces there are, for example. So if there's, you know, that the back is made up of three pieces, then I'll probably steer away from that. If I see that there's lots of features on the seams and things, then I'll I don't do things that aren't functional. So I leave a lot of those extra pieces out. On a lot of my shirts, I don't even do a pocket because I don't put things into my pocket. So therefore I don't add a pocket on. So if I see a pattern that's got lots of lines on it, I'll go, that's probably got a lot of work to it. So I'll pick the one that's got least amount of work to it. Okay. There are definitely images and I'll say the Ilford jacket, the image on the Ilford jacket, that was the piece that got me to pick that one.
0: Yeah. I've heard a few people say some really good things about the Ilford jacket.
1: Mm, mm.
0: So now that you've talked about that shirt that you've used quite a few times, is there a story behind that? How are you managing to make more than one of that shirt and make it fit you every time?
1: Yeah, I've definitely recut the shirt as I've made uh, like each iteration of the shirt. Yeah. My latest iteration is wrapping paper. So I traced the pattern onto some wrapping paper. I looked at it and realized that my shoulders were not quite sitting in the right spot. So I had to move those, which then caused issues with the underarm bunching up. And, and so then the next one was pulling that apart. So I think with my patterns, I've attempted to do it on paper and go oh I think I need to take this piece here away and then I put it back on to I sew it together and then if it doesn't work and then I take it apart again and then put it back down onto the pattern and then cut away the bit that I've done on the fabric. It's definitely adding and removing and over COVID as my weight has increased and decreased I have used sticky tape to add extra bits to the sides of the pattern and And then later I've folded them back in again and then stuck them down because I don't know if I need to bring them back out again. So it's an interesting change of shapes because as you change size, it's not just a simple case of bringing in on the waist, it's what it does on the shoulder, what it does on the back and all this. I was completely oblivious to two years ago. I would buy a shirt and put it on and go, oh, that looks okay. And have no idea all of the work that was associated with getting that pattern right in the first place. That's probably the next piece that I would like to learn from a sewing perspective is a bit more on the pattern making and how to really get that right so that it does fit my body.
0: Oh, it's good to hear that you're having to make those decisions around fit now because you've obviously got the construction down, Pat.
1: I'm I'm getting there. I I think I still, as we said earlier, I still make um, rookie mistakes. But um, from a construction perspective, I do sew slowly and I do have a piece of Lego um, that's stuck on my sewing machine foot so that I don't sew too fast and um, it stops me so I can push my foot down and the machine goes at a rate that isn't going to cause me a problem.
0: The shirt pattern that you've got? Yep. So you've got a classic shirt pattern that you favour. Are there any other patterns that you favour?
1: I've recently gotten some Elba Trig shorts, which I think will be my favorite go-to shorts for summer. I've got the Sanders button-up shirt as well, which I'm waiting to make so I can make the pair, but I'm not sure whether to make the pair or matchy-matchy, is that too much or not? But um, yeah, definitely, yeah, I'm starting to see more on the independent brands. And I think from that side, just doing some internet searches and and there's actually been, I don't know if it's a new thing or whether I've just seen it, but they seem to be new, a relatively new list. And I do searches for top 10 male patterns, for example, and someone else has done all that work to find all of those great patterns and bring together. I think like everyone, I bought some thread theory and put some of those to use, especially the more relaxed, the pajama pants and whatnot to, yeah, while we were sitting at home, I wore a number of those. I probably still go to spotty a lot. And when their patterns are unspecial, then I'll tend to pick out a few there. There's not many varieties of men's shirts or jackets or pants. They're all very similar. So I don't only make clothes for myself. I probably make more for other people than I do for myself. So my wife and daughter, I've both been recipients of many of my sewing endeavours and so have a lot of colleagues at work for baby clothes. So I make a lot of baby clothes as well. So that's probably where I see more patterns is more in in that sort of space. But look, I let the girls pick a pattern that they find in a store. Often I do a lot of pattern matching as well. Yeah, I've used newspapers and, and wrapping paper to pattern match my wife's pinafores or overalls or dresses, those sorts of things. Yeah, and when we've bought patterns for the girls, they tend to end up sitting in the cupboard, I must say. We buy them with all intent, but they're still sitting in the cupboard.
0: They're waiting for that fabric to arrive to match with it, maybe.
1: Yeah, we've bought some fabric too as well. Okay. And that's sort of sitting in the cupboard as well. I think it's just uh, when I buy fabric, I probably turn it around quicker because I'm buying it for myself and I know what I want and I go oh that's what I want and it's sitting there and it and it rings out to me and says please make me into a shirt
0: it's good to hear that fabric talks to you as well it's not just me
1: Mm, yeah yeah that's a funny one because I buy it and then as I'm making it I get a real connection with the fabric as I'm making it and yeah there's sometimes I've bought fabric and thought oh yeah I think that will work and by the end of it it's the best fabric ever. You know, there's something about it. When fabric has been in your hands for a number of hours and, and you're turning it and moving it and putting it down, and, and especially when you're matching patterns as well, yeah, matching the geometrics, then that's when you sort of go, yeah, this is my pattern. This is my fabric. There, there's something really special about it.
0: Oh, it's good to hear. Mm. Is finding fabric for yourself a challenge? It doesn't sound like it, but it might be.
1: Not really. Very early on. And I think it was because of the shirts I would buy, which was Windsor Lane. So I used to buy a lot of Windsor Lane tops, which is a a local Melbourne manufacturer. And they use Liberty Tanner Lawn. And I must say that's sort of like, that's my go-to. I know what it feels like. I know what it's going to look like. And I know how it's going to drape. That's a really easy one. And I feel comfortable and confident enough to buy that online. Other fabric, not so confident and, and comfortable. Other fabric, oh, I need to go in, into a store and pick it up and feel it and see how it sits. I've read pieces on being able to tell what fabric is what, but it, it just doesn't sit in my mind. It's in one ear and in one eye and out the other. And yeah, so I'm definitely happy that stores are open again and I can go to and pick them up. I'm just starting to understand the difference in weight on denims. And that's probably a really good one because, you know, I bought some denim for a pair of shorts, which was more of a jacket. And it became a jacket. But yeah, I needed to then obviously go buy some more fabric for it for it to become a jacket but it just wasn't suitable for a pair of pants and uh, yeah as I say now that stores are open again finding the right fabric very easy and look I I also find that people in stores are very handy and very helpful whether it's the old bloke standing there in the in the middle of the room sort of going ah and they just come over and say you know do you need a hand yeah
0: It's a good strategy.
1: It is. And I just say, yes, please. Yes, this is what I'm after. And I explain what type of garment I'm, I'm looking at making. And then they'll take me across and I'll say, no, actually, I want something with a little, little bit brighter or a little bit more floral. Then they take me over to the other section. They take me over to the old beige man's clothes. And then we get redirected to the, no, actually, I want something a little bit lighter and brighter. And so they take me over to the florals.
0: Oh, good. Before we came on to the podcast, we were talking about digital fabrics and a painting. Can you tell us that story?
1: My sister-in-law painted a, a painting for my wife and I looked at it and I thought, gee, that would make a really nice fabric. So I took a photo of it on my phone and sent it off to a digital fabric maker. And we realized that no, a phone's not a great way of taking a photo for digital printing. So took the painting out into the sun and got it into all nice and bright and took the photo with the camera and and we turned it into some samples. And I ended up, I got it printed into some activewear, and I did two sizes. One was 200%. And the other one was the life size. So we can use one for the top and one for the bottom. So that could be slightly different. And um, yeah, I ended up, that was my first activewear, which was my first introduction to a walking foot as well. Yes, active wear is completely different to sewing the fabrics I've been working with. My Insta photo looks great. There's a couple of tucks and some, some free works that in the background to make it look like it fits really well. So, yes, again, I've got to just learn how, is it negative aspect? Is that the, Oh,
0: negative e's?
1: Negative ease. Yeah, yeah. I've just got to now learn this new skill. But, yeah, look, the digital printing was fantastic. Next Nextate was the, the group that I used for my printing, and they were able to help me through. And we've now taken... And I'll round this back finally to the umbrella. They've printed up some canvas for me with some candy striped large print, which I'm going to be using for the umbrella. So, yes, it's taken a long while to finally get back to that umbrella. We just recently got some terry toweling and some canvas printed. So we'll have Mark an Umbrella with matching towels. And that's my gift for my wife for Christmas, but don't tell her.
0: <laughs> no, She's not allowed to listen to this podcast until after Christmas. And yep. then hopefully we'll see those photos on Instagram after Christmas too.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Look, I, I'm, I do enjoy the aspect of Instagram of feels like a finishing process it feels like hey now I've done it and I can show people there's some fun on my Instagram of we did a Bay City Rollers outfit the other day and I was sewing that half an hour before I was due to leave the house and so we were a little bit late and I think like most home sewers I was pulling thread out and (laughs) and snipping it as we were driving to the venue it was pretty cool
0: you got to wear it though so that's the key thing
1: Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah.
0: yeah there's more from simon turner in the next episode of Soul organized style podcast for so over 50. this episode of so 50 podcast on so organized style was produced by me maria Harris with permission of simon soundbybentsound.com. you can subscribe to Soul organized style podcast but with an s not a z on all good podcast apps please give us a five star rating and review wherever you listen to us Make sure you go back and listen to our Sew Over 50 podcast archive and catch up on this series about the men who sew. Every podcast on Sew Organised Style is free and there are over 280 to choose from. Post any questions or suggestions you have on our Instagram account at Sew Organised Style or on our website at www.seworganisedstyle.com or on our Facebook page. We look forward to joining you in your sewing room next time. Stay safe, everyone.